Hey guys, welcome to the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, as always, Steve Pintado, and I'm here with my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? It's Monday, I got the Fantasy Blues, but I'm looking forward to getting it all cleared up in week six. Yeah, week five's coming to an end, week six upon us. Uh, just before we get started, you know, just please follow our website, www.thefantasycoaches.com, where we have all of our great content, you know, rankings, articles, you know, live streams, you name it, we have it up there. Please follow our uh, Twitter handle at Coaches Fantasy. And if you guys could follow me at Coach Stephen P, that'd be great. And, you know, Jibs, let the viewers or listeners know where they can find you at. You can find me at Hot Take Honcho on Twitter. Yeah, Hot Take Honcho. And uh, we actually have a couple guests today. Student Doc will be joining us later on. Later on, He's kind of a regular on the show from time to time. And then our very uh, new guest is our one of our new writers, um, Alex. How's it going today, Alex? Hey, Stephen. How you doing? Great, great, great. And we're glad to have you on here. Alex is newer. He's been, uh, he's been writing for us now for a couple of weeks now, and he's got a lot of great content out there. And uh, we wanted to bring him on, have him come on the episode and talk a little bit with us. So uh, let, let everyone know where they can find you at on Twitter. Absolutely. So on Twitter, it's Alex to the Simpson. All right. All right. Uh, definitely, guys, please go follow him as well. We would we appreciate it. And then, uh, just Alex, just quickly tell us, a little, you know, you know, your little fantasy, your fantasy football experience. Well, I've been playing fantasy football for uh, a few years now, um, since I was in high school. So, you know, five or six years, you know, it's brought on a lot of great relationships, really. You know, I've met people through it and, you know, brought a lot of me and my old friends closer, you know, gave us something to kind of, you know, compete with. No, it's great. It's a lot of fun. Fantasy football definitely brings people together and definitely some tears some people apart. So it's all kinds of fun. But before we get into our uh, news and main topics of the day, just wanted to give you guys a, a quick word from our one of our affiliation sponsors, Unwrap Sports Network. They've been a great with us so far this year, and we, you know, we're really happy to be with them. So this is a little small segment. Please enjoy. What's up, everybody? Perry Aston here, co-founder of the Unwrap Sports Network, asking you to check us out on Sportscaster. The host of this podcast, as well as many other Unwrapped Sports Network members from across the entire country, are streaming live on Sportscaster. You can live chat with your host, even send them virtual gifts and tips to keep them churning out the best content that you love. So head on over to sportscaster.com slash unwrapped. That's sportscaster, S-P-O-R-T-S-C-A-S-T-R. Or download the Sportscaster iPhone app and tune into the entire Unwrapped Sports Network live on Sportscaster. And we're back, guys. Thanks for listening to that. We do appreciate that. So we'll get right into the news for the day. A couple things off the bat. Sterling Shepard is going to be out on Thursday night. Saquon Barkley is playing more than likely, but will be limited in some sense. Jag tight end James O'Shanahay tore his ACL after the season. Really liked him coming into his own. Not a great player, but it's kind of decent, actually, for fantasy as a tight end position. Benjamin Watson gets released. A.J. Green also gets ruled out. And probably the biggest news of the day is uh, Jay Gruden, Redskins head coach, gets fired after an 0-5 start. Uh, it doesn't look good for the Redskins organization at this moment, knowing who their new leader is going to be. So, guys, I'll let you guys just kind of talk about it. Anything you guys want to mention about this? Yeah, um, so they brought in Bill Callahan, who was the assistant head coach and offensive line coach for the last several years, and he, they have named him the interim head coach for you know until further notice. Well, what that means for the Redskins is that they're probably going to be running the ball a lot more. You know, those offensive line guys, you know, they, they like to you know just pound the ball up the field, and you know, there's nothing they like more than contact. So you know, that's a lot going to be a lot of running the ball. And for the Redskins, you know, I mean. 
Callahan's already stated that he does not want Dwayne Haskins, you know, under center at the moment. You know, he's got a lot to learn, and that leaves a decision to be made about Colt McCoy and Case Keenum. Well, in all honesty, with the, the kind of offense they're probably going to run under Callahan, you're not going to see too much passing, you know, considering or compared to how Jay Gruden ran that offense. Um, probably a big uptick in the workload for Adrian Peterson, actually. That's definitely, and you're and you're a Redskins fan, aren't you, there, Alex? I am. Uh, I saw Dan Snyder also mention three candidates that he that he would like to bring in next year, and uh, those three that he named were uh, Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, who is actually from the Virginia area, uh, went to the University of Richmond. You know, he's on the hot seat right now, one four with uh, Roethlisberger going down. And you got the uh, the defensive coordinator from the Buccaneers, Todd Bowles, who played the majority of his career as a safety for Washington, and then also um, Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric. Nimi, I think is how he pronounce his name. I'm not sure. Of course, if you got an offensive-minded guy coming in there, it was with Andy Reid, you know, under under his, you know, kind of in that coaching tree. And then the offense they run, that could be, you know, a nice little addition to the Redskins. And then, you know, they had some great offensive coordinators come out recently. You know, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, you got Matt Lafleur more recent. They got a, you know, a former NFL quarterback, kind of a journeyman backup. Kevin O'Connell's showing a little bit of, you know, creativity calling the plays for the Redskins so maybe they keep him in mind for that job as well no absolutely and you know hopefully they can they can figure it all out there uh Jibs do you have anything you want to mention about these news just throwing Shepard it's unfortunate he has a second concussion this year all within a five weeks stance so they're probably going to be precautionary on this one I don't expect them to be back maybe two weeks I'm not, I'm just speculating maybe student doc will have something on that later but it's never good to have those serious concussions, those two concussions in like a short period of time. Like you see what Jordan Lee Reed's gone through. Yeah. And the fact that he also played in the game to finish it out with the Giants, that also just sends a red flag for the Giants medical staff. Yeah. It's poor that he has to have these concussions, you know, but this is the game of football. So it is what it is, unfortunately. But let's get right into our week five recap. Three of us have all come up with our three takeaways from week five. Alex, since you're our guest, we'll let you do your first one. So go ahead. You know, with the um, the new coaching over in Minnesota, I don't think there's really much hope for more than one fantasy-relevant wide receiver each week. You know, I mean, some weeks you're going to see Adam Thielen, you know, have a great game. And some weeks you're going to see Diggs have a great game. I think it's going to be very rare when you see two wide receivers that are going to put up numbers over in Minnesota. I definitely agree on that. I mean, Diggs... I don't know what the whole situation with Diggs right now is going on, but there's a chance he gets traded. You know, he just he's only performed once in four in the five games this year. It's definitely something that uh, that, that we're going to have to monitor because it doesn't seem like he, like you said like they're not going to be able to perform more than one fantasy relevant receiver each week. Yeah, the player of that skill, you know, it would. Uh, I don't know if the Minnesota Vikings are actually going to plan on trading Stephon Diggs, but I know that there probably would be a lot of teams interested in him. So I guess we'll just have to monitor that situation going forward. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And Jibs, what about you? What's your first take of the weekend? I've been banging on this Colts team this whole uh, fantasy season, and this is the NFL season, but I give uh, my kudos to them. They shut the KC's defense down, I mean offense down last night. Uh, KC scored 25 points in 25 straight games, and the Colts defense held them to 4-12 and on third downs. Uh, Can't say any more. Yeah, definitely. Homes. Yeah, that was a great game to watch. A great shutdown defense, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. They they really handled that one. The defensive coordinator went man heavy throughout most of the game, and 
it, it gave Kansas City, you know, something they weren't prepared for, and it worked out in their favor. Yeah, definitely, definitely on that. I'll go into my first take. My first take from the weekend was I think Dallas can produce two top 30 wide receivers with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Both played very well, both over 100 yards, while Amari Cooper over 200 yards. I mean, I actually was on a podcast last week as a guest, and you know we were doing a little trip. Cut, uh, keep trade cut kind of thing and people were telling me to trade away they were saying to trade Michael, Michael Gallup away but I think Michael Gallup is the real deal he actually took the it looks like he took the offseason to actually really get himself more polished in this game you know and I think the offense kind of lacked something over the last two weeks with he with him out and I think that Michael Gallup is someone who I want to get on my team right now and I think he's going to be able to produce week in and week out with this this passing offense very heavy even with Zeke there I think this offense can flourish with two wide receivers in this uh, fantasy season. Yeah, I think, I think you can be more right on that one. You know, with uh, with the run-heavy nature of the Dallas offense, you know, it's going to be really tough to do that. They're both very talented players. And with Michael Gallup out there, it brings another element to that offense. And the defense can't quite, you know, key in on Amari Cooper when you got another, you know, star receiver out there. If you want to go ahead and call Gallup a star, you know, that, that's your call. But Gallup is a star in the making. On a good offense, but they've got to throw the ball more to keep two relevant receivers each and every week. And he has a star in his helmet, so what it worth. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just I just loved watching him so far. I watched that game the other night, and it was it was it was a great it was great to see him out there. Uh, Alex, we'll get into your second one of the day. What is your second takeaway from the weekend? You know that that Texans offense. You know Will Fuller and Deshaun Watson. You know especially. You know they went out there, and you know I know it was a pretty bad defense in Atlanta. But they went out there and they performed, you know. I mean, and, and the Houston defense even scored a touchdown in that game. It was a very, very high-scoring game. And, you know, Will Fuller, you know, he's kind of boom or bust. Well, that was a uh, pretty big boom we saw from him. You know, 16 targets, 14 catches, 217 yards, and three touchdowns. You know, I don't think you can ask any more from him than that. Yeah, definitely. It, it was definitely, like, crazy to see him early on getting, like, a touchdown or two early and then going over 200 yards. And I'm gonna actually going to go into – my take of the day because I kind of talked about Houston as well and the, the part I noticed even the Wolf Fuller itself was amazing how his performance was for the day was how the Texans play offense right now it's it's astonishing like Deshaun Watson in three away games averages 348 yards passing he has got 11 touchdowns and one pick on the year in two home games this season he's averages 159 yards and he's got two rushing touchdowns on the season him, like, I don't understand what this team is doing, but they just don't like playing at home, it seems like. And if this is a trend moving forward, just, you know, you guys have to notice, like, if you have these Houston players, like, if they're playing home, there's a chance they don't do well. I mean, maybe this trend breaks after this week, you know, you don't know. But from what I'm watching right now, I mean, if they're on the road, I'm starting every Houston Texan player possible because they just ball out when they're not at home. And that's what we want. We need the fantasy production each week. And if they're away... I put him in your lineup each week, so. You know, I had no idea about that um, that home road split, but one thing I was excited about coming into this week is uh, Deshaun Watson's from the state of Georgia, and he grew up really close to the practice and game facilities. Well, when he was a high school freshman, he uh, he was a ball boy for the Atlanta Falcons, and they would have him come out to practices, and he would throw passes to guys like Roddy White, and they kind of just, you know, saw Roddy him, White. you know, as a younger guy coming in there, and, you know, just as a ball boy, but, you know, he was a high school quarterback, and he was, you know, heavily touted in those days. And for him to return to Atlanta, to his, you know, his home team where he grew up, and uh, kind of just show out in front of the people that, kind of, you know, that brought him in, that he met early on in his career, 
you know, I wouldn't say it was some statement, but more of him kind of showing off and, you know, showing them what he did end up becoming. They always thought he could, but he's in the team that got him, and, and he's done well so far in his career. Big, big performance by Sean Watson. Yeah, definitely. He was, it was definitely a big day. Um, Jibs, what about you? What, what's your take from the big weekend? It's funny that you both just called your takes on the Houston Texans. I'm going with the vice versa. The Falcons' defense is terrible. Like, literally so terrible. You know they average over 30 points per game now? I know it's kind of inflated with the 53 points that the Houston Texans scored. But still, they were still averaging probably high 20, 27, 28 points per game. So, all your fancy players that are playing the Falcons, just rev them up. I think anything is possible. Maybe... Maybe Will Fuller's come back to life. I don't think he's scoring that many points or putting up the similar production. Maybe it was just because it was a game plan specific for the Falcons and their terrible defense. But they had 10 for 13 first downs against their defense. And this is looking bad. They got the Cardinals, Falcons, Rams, and Panthers coming up. So load up your guys, guys. And honestly, I would buy low on Atlanta's offense, too. I mean, they're, if they're going to be down in points, that means Matt Ryan's throwing the ball to everyone possible. Uh, so I would also if, I'd also look to get some of your Falcon players on your team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that negative game script will definitely help out, you know, the Atlanta pass catchers and even, you know, the running backs coming out of the backfield to catch passes. Um, as far as Atlanta's pass defense goes, you know, lucky for them, uh, they'll probably be middle of the road in the NFL draft next year. But, you know, there are a lot of star-studded corners that are going to be in the 2020 draft. So maybe Atlanta can capitalize on that and fill the position of need. Definitely, definitely. And I know you just put a mock draft out recently, too, for our, on our website about the uh, 2020 mock. So if you yeah, guys haven't like look, take a look at it, it was really great to uh, take a read on. So Appreciate that, Stephen. Yeah, no, no problem. Uh, but we'll let you get into your third point. So go ahead, Alex. Run CMC, Christian McCaffrey. He is just going off in 2019. You know, I... He didn't come off the field really last year uh, in that North Turner-led offense. And he, he's kind of continued to do the same thing this year. You know, he's, he's getting, you know, he's on the field for like 98.2% of snaps or, you know, something along those lines. And, you know, they're, they're getting the ball, you know, running the ball. You know, they're getting them, you know, catches out of the backfield. Um, this offense is focused on, you know, it's kind of, McCaffrey's their focal point. And it's worked out. They had a, a, a tough start to the year. But they've kind of gotten on a little bit of a roll here. They kind of just got to keep going behind McCaffrey. Yeah, definitely. McCaffrey is just on another level this year. It, it, it's insane. I'm kind of mad I had him on a keeper team, and I definitely should have kept him instead of uh, trading him away. Real upset about that. Can I get into my point since it's the same one? Yeah, go for it. And I just want to also add a little fun fact is he's only second behind Jim Brown in scrimmage yards through five games. So that says a lot about what CMC could do for your fantasy teams. And a nice yeah, little hot take is, um, is Josh, is Kyle Allen going to steal the job from Cam Newton? He's three and he's four and oh in his four year career, four year start, four career start. And I mean, it's pretty crazy. At the end of the day, Tim Tebow won games. You know, he didn't keep his job very long, but that was for, you know, another, another reason in my opinion. But Kyle Allen, you know, that the NFL teams, the, they're win oriented. The job is to win no matter how you do it. Just win games. And, uh, you know, week five really saw some crazy fantasy numbers. You know, you saw for the first time in NFL history, you had five players score more than 40 points in a single week in PPR scoring formats. Yeah, there was a lot of records broken, definitely. I think, what was it, Will Fuller, who had, he, I think he had the, um, the third highest fantasy points of, like, all times in the last 10 years. So, yeah, I mean, like, there was a lot uh, of points this week. 
Yeah, 53.7. I mean, it was a monster game for him. Yeah, 100% on that. Um, just was that that was your take, right? Yes, sir. Uh, just want to make sure. Just want to make sure before I get into mine. Uh, my last one is DJ uh, Shark, wide receiver, second-year man at Jacksonville. He's quickly turning into the wide receiver one for us in fantasy this year. He was definitely low on my radar. I thought he had the talent, but never thought he would be this great this soon, especially with Nick Foles as quarterback. And then Nick Foles goes down, and Menshaw, the great, comes in, and him and Menshaw have a fantastic connection together. He's top five in fantasy right now. I mean, he's the real deal, I think. If if it was two weeks in and I say and he did this back to back weeks like this hundred and forty yard performance I'd be like it's a fluke probably you know early season jitters you know things happen like this all the time Jesse James was a top number one tight end through two weeks last year it all happens all the time but he's gone five straight weeks now he had his down week week four and then he came back in week five and just took off and I think he's going to be a number one receiver moving forward rest of the season at this point his schedule looks nice he has a top the second easiest schedule for wide receivers moving forward you know if I'm looking to get my hands on Shark as much as possible. Yeah, I'm right there with you on Shark. You know, I kind of I, – I wasn't buying into his performances, <clears throat> you know, real early into the season. But he kind of just kept rolling with him, man. He's, you know, he's put up great numbers, you know, on almost every game. And at this point, if you have Shark, you kind of just got to, you know, put him in your lineup and, you know, don't even think twice about it. You know, as long as he's putting up numbers, you have to start him. Yeah, definitely. He's definitely just almost a must-start every week and just leave him there for sure. But, uh, you know, that was our, you know – Weekend recaps, you know, things that we noticed about the weekend, you know, we all had some great takes and I do appreciate, you know, the diversity in our takes. So uh, we'll get right into what most people want to hear about is the waiver wire pickups. You know, your team might be struggling. Maybe your team's doing well right now and you're just looking for some depth. Maybe you got a bad buy situation right now and you need some fill in. So we've all came up with, you know, Five different waiver wire pickups that we like the best. Uh, before we do that, though, I'm just gonna name a few players who are over, who owned over 60%. You know, Will Fuller, Cortland Sutton, Michael Gallup, DJ Shark, you know, Ronald Jones, uh, James Winston, players like that. If they're out there and they, you know, they're obviously should be on your fantasy team. Put them on your fantasy team right now if you need, if you can. Like they're, they need to be on your fantasy team. But we're gonna give you guys who are under 50%. So those out there who might be in deeper leagues or maybe in just just in a bad situation right now, we're going to hopefully help you out and give you some waiver pickups that will be really uh, positive for your coming you know, Tuesday mornings to Wednesday mornings. So, Alex, we'll let you go first. Who's your first waiver wire guy? Yeah, you know, this is kind of a tough week for waiver wire ads. You know, it hasn't been quite as deep as some other weeks. And uh, I'm kind of looking a little bit further down. You know, all of mine are actually under 40%, and all but one of them are owning more than 30% of leagues. And the first one is Jalen Samuels. You know, I know he just came off a bad week, you know, but with James Conner, if you have James Conner on your roster, you almost have to own Jalen Samuels as that handcuff. He's very valuable. And Pittsburgh organization loves that guy. You know, he played tight ends in college. And, um, you know, that kind of all surprised to hear that. But, you know, he's thrown, he's thrown passes. He's lined up in the Wildcat. You know, he's very versatile, and he would be a good handcuff to Conner. You know? Yeah, definitely. He has, you know, versatility. I can't even say the word. And in, uh, in this offense, you know, he does the Wildcat and everything like that. And, the Steelers do have the second, second, second easiest offense in terms of the running back position coming up. So, you know, he's definitely a great pickup moving forward if you're in need of some running back help. Uh, Jibs, what about you? Who's your How first many guy? Are we given, by the way? Five. Five guys. I'll let you do your number start, one. I'll start with a quarterback. And it might be Teddy Bridgewater. Checked this morning, 9%. Ownership in Yahoo League. He came off of a explosive performance Sunday. 
He scored as many fantasy points in his first three games as his 28 points he had yesterday. Coming up in his uh, slate is Jacksonville and Chicago, which allow 11 and the sixth least most points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. So if you are in dire need, you can pick up Teddy Bridgewater if you're in deep leagues. Other considerations, Garden Minshew and Kirk Cousins as well. Yeah, definitely. And I'll actually yeah, we'll give it to start with my quarterback then. I kind of just did random players. Quarterback was my fifth on my board, and it was Kirk Cousins. I mean, they versus a very you know shaky Philly secondary. Uh, they didn't show that this week against a really bad Jets offense, but you know Kirk Cousins looked good against a bad Giants secondary. So I don't see why you know Kirk Cousins can't do that again. You know they they have a, Eagles do have a run, hard and strong run game, so they could stop the run and force Kirk Cousins to pass and. It would actually be a positive thing because you know that secondary is, is real banged up due to injuries, and Kirk Cousins, my guy, if you need a bye a bye week filler this week. Yeah, that Philly run defense has been pretty uh, pretty stout so far. So you know Minnesota's run heavy, but they're going to have to look other you know in other areas of their game you know to get going against Philadelphia. You know the secondary is kind of in a bad spot right now, so I think Cousins will be going through the air a lot that in uh, week six. Exactly. <laughs> we give up the fifth most points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks, so that's a very good matchup to exploit next week. Absolutely. Uh, Alex, what about your second one now? So, once again, you know, this guy's only owned in 2.9% of leagues, so if you're in a deeper league, you know, you want to take a look at this guy. Or also, you own David Johnson, you want to take a look. And that's Chase Edmonds. You know, he just came off a game with eight carries for 68 yards and a touchdown, and then three catches for 18 yards. And uh, the reason he got all that work was David Johnson kind of tweaked his back. You know, he's, he might have an injury, you know, heading into week six. And if he's out, you know, I know that offense is an air rate and they like to throw it around. But they still have to run the ball. And Chase Evans is a good pickup for that. He, uh, you know, he had 17.6 fantasy points this week. And so far in the year, he's only run the ball 19 times, but he's averaging 6.7 yards per carry. So uh, definitely, he's definitely somewhere on my radar, uh, especially in deeper man leagues. If you're looking for someone as a fill-in. I know it's real hard to to find good replacements when you're in like 14 and 16 man leagues. I'm I'm in that note uh, that process right now, and it's it's not easy. So, Jibs, what about you? Where's your second guy on the board today? Auden Tate, Bengals wide receiver. They're still without AJ Green and John Ross. Auden Tate's the next man up. I know he committed two drops yesterday. One was looking like a touchdown, but he salvaged his day by getting a touchdown late in the fourth quarter. During Weeks three through five, he's averaging eight point six targets per game. So try to grab him off waivers, guys. Yeah, and he's yeah, absolutely. Some, he has some good matchups coming up. The Bengals have a very favorable schedule moving forward. So yeah, he's definitely worthy of a good pickup. So um, yeah, he was lining his waiver wire ad. You know, with with the injuries to that to that you know wide receiving core out there and uh, the pass heavy nature of that offense, Auden Tate's going to have uh, some big week. You know, big weeks coming up. Yeah, definitely one hundred percent. I'll go with my second guy. Twenty-two percent. What ownership? Oh, twenty-two percent ownership. Oh, okay. But I'll go into my next guy here, um, and that's I don't want to mess his name up now. But Brian Pingle, Pringle, the Pringle, the Pringle guy. Uh, he was kind of like a early standoff in this offseason. If you're in dynasty leagues, he was definitely a hot pickup at one point, and he kind of got lost throughout the season. And now he made a name for himself this past week. You know, six catches, hundred and three yards, and a touchdown on nine targets for the day. I mean. That's that's pretty good if in my books against a pretty strong uh, Colts defense. Uh, he if Sammy Watkins is out for extended period of time, which he could absolutely be, uh, he could be a pickup because t- uh, Tyree Kill is not back yet, he, though he should be soon hopefully. And you know Pringle could you know step be that guy that steps up, even though we thought maybe it would be Robinson or Hardman. So 
he's definitely worth a pickup to keep on your bench. You want people tied with uh, Pat Mahomes, so. Yeah, you couldn't be more right about that, especially in that Kansas City offense. You know, I know Tyreek Hill is probably coming back soon, but with Watkins possibly being out for a while, he's going to be a great addition, you know, to the fantasy lineups. And, you know, he's, he's performing. You know, he's a he's in that Kansas City offense. Those wide receivers are valuable. Alex, I think you did your third one already, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, I had Deontay Johnson for uh, number three. All right, we'll let you go and take that then. Yeah, you know, Deontay Johnson, you know, heading into the year, it was kind of a, he's kind of lost back there in that wide receiver depth chart in Pittsburgh. You know, Dante, Dante Moncrief hasn't really performed, and, um, you know, James Washington, even though they had, he had a, uh, you know, really good rapport with Mason Rudolph going back to their college days at Oklahoma State, you know, Deontay Johnson has really been the receiver to kind of, you know, climb to the top in that in that depth chart over there. Um, of course, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster, he's still, you know, he's still wide receiver one out there, but, you know, Johnson's quickly making a name for himself, you know. He, um, in the last three weeks, he's had, you know, three catches for 52 yards and a touchdown, six, uh, six catches for 77 yards and a touchdown. A little bit slower week five, you know, five catches for 27 yards. But he's played in 79, 63, and 92% of snaps over the last three weeks. I mean, he's definitely getting better as the weeks goes on. He's definitely he also, I think he believe he's uh, out out targeted Juju the last two weeks now. So I mean, he's definitely worthy of a pickup. I would just be a little cautious with the Steelers going to their third string quarterback. But though he did look pretty decent out there, so I mean, you know, this offense could stay relevant even with you know a third string quarterback at the helm now. So yeah, with that quarterback situation, that's the only thing that actually worries me, and I forgot to mention it. You know, with Hodges lining up under center, it might be a little bit different out there. But, you know, if Rudolph's not out for an extended period of time, I think Johnson's going to be very valuable. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think mm-hmm. Paxton Lynch is now the backup to, to him now. <laughs> it's funny how yeah. things go. Yeah, definitely. Four, four first-round pick ends up backing up the um, the undrafted guy from last year. So yeah, That's how football works. Jibs, what about you? Where's your next guy on the list? Jared Everett. Jared Everett, all right. Tell us about so, him. If Cooks can't come back from his concussion that he uh, occurred last week, Everett will take some of Jared Gar- Goff's targets away. He's been building off his week four for performance with a seven for 136 yards. Tight ends are hard to find. You barely can find one with six tar- targets, but Everett has nine targets in the last two weeks. Pick him up even if you don't need a tight end. You can find good value for him sometime down the road. Yeah. Definitely, I agree with you on that. He was one of my guys actually on this list too, as well. I mean, you know, the one week against the Bucks, I was like, all right, Bucks have they, the Bucks can't verse tight ends. You know, it is what it is. And he showed up with a great game. I've never seen him actually perform this well before, and all the time I've watched him play. So he's looked like he's getting better in the game. You know, and I'm definitely worthy. He's definitely worthy of a pickup now. If you're looking for a tight end replacement, maybe Delaney Walker's your tight end, or you had a tight end on a bye. He's definitely needed to be. It definitely needs to be on your team right now because he's producing. That's what we need in fantasy. Uh, I got another replacement too. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Alex. So I was gonna say, most certainly, I agree with you guys on that one. He was next on my waiver wire. I had, you know, he. Uh, it's, it's a it's a pass friendly offense, and you know, Higby. You know, he, he's a good tight end, but he's kind of you know more of a blocking tight end in that style of offense. And like you guys mentioned earlier, you know, tight ends are, you know, although there there's a little more depth at tight end this year than in years past. You know, it's still it's still pretty thin out there. So even if you don't need a tight end, like you know, Jib said, you know, go ahead and pick him up. You can trade him for value later at another position. 
Jibs, you were going to say something? Yeah, I'm also going to add Hunter Henry. I saw his ownership at about 40% this 40%, morning. 40%, really? Yeah, so if you did, if really didn't have an IR spot, some owners definitely dropped him if his ownership is that low. He got it hurt after week one, but that four to six window is almost up, guys. He could be a present surprise all the way on your bottom of your waiver wireless. Yeah, no, 100%. And um, let's see, uh, does anyone else have any waiver wires left in their in their list? No, I think we touched base. We all had a lot of the same ones, so that mm-hmm. takes care of all mine. Yeah, Jibs, what about you? Let's see. I do have one, so I figure I'll let you finish up if you have anyone else. Mohamed Sanu, if he's out there, guys, pick him up, yeah. too. He's worthy. <laughs> oh, that was good. Good. I was just kind so of saying So one thing. more would be uh, Chris Herndon. He's, he's coming off his four-game suspension, and uh, Sam Darnold will be back soon. So maybe Herndon returns you know, some of that value that he started showing at the end of uh, 2018. It would be nice. He's definitely. We definitely need more tight ends in this league right now. They're 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 looking very skimp right now. But Jibs, you said you had Mohamed Sanu. Why don't you tell us more about the Mohamed Sanu? This target took a dip from week four, but he still managed five targets for five catches, 42 yards, and a touchdown last week. The passing offense is going to keep getting into these negative game scripts where they have to throw the ball. So in deeper leagues or three wide receiver leagues, you definitely can pick him up as a steady four wide receiver. Three. Yeah, he has a very high floor. You know, he's not going to go, you know, boom like Will Fuller this last week, but you can definitely expect consistent numbers from Sanu week in and week out. Yeah, definitely. Sanu's a very um – he gets he's steady, you know. So you like to have a steady player on your team every once in a while, especially if you're like doing very well in fantasies. He gives you enough points to get yourself uh, ahead. And um, my last guy was actually um, Jonathan Hillman. He's probably a one week rental for you guys if you need a running back for the week. Uh, he is the third string backup now, I guess, for the New York Giants. But Wayne Goldman got is injured with a concussion. Maybe he's back by Thursday. Uh, we'll maybe know about that in a few seconds. You know, if he's not, Saquon Barkley's going to be limited at some point. And again, we'll talk more about that in a few seconds. But if, if you know, if he's limited, you know, that might open up things for Hillman to actually get involved, you know, and get some kind of production out of it. He didn't perform too great on Sunday, but, you know, maybe with a couple of days worth of practice, you know, he gets himself more involved in the game. He could be worthy of, a, you know, if you're in a deeper man league at least, you know, someone to throw in your RB2 slot for the week. If you're losing, because there's gonna be four teams out next week, so he could yeah. be someone who can help you out for the just a one week rental, basically. So just look for him too. He's probably gonna be available everywhere. I wouldn't use a high waiver pick or a lot of your budget to pick him up if you guys do kind of those kind of leagues, but he's definitely worth a pickup if you, if you need an RB for the week or something like that. So yeah, kind of a tough thing on Hillman though is if he does, you know, get that start on Thursday if uh, Barkley and Gallman are both out, which I'm sure we probably expect that to happen. Is they are facing the New England Patriots. That's a solid defense, you know. I mean, you still have to run the ball, you know. You can't just let Daniel Jones hair it out all day. But we do expect a pretty tough matchup for him on Thursday night. 100%. So before we get into our last uh, segment of the day, we have someone who's, who creeped in our group chat here. Soon and Doc, where are you? Creeping. What's going on, Edwin? Listen, How are you? I'm just soaking it up. Soaking <laughs> it up. So, uh, Edwin. Uh, welcome to the cr- uh, crew here. Um, you know Jibs, of course. We actually have our guest, Alex. He's one of our writers. Alex Edwin is uh, basically our uh, doctor, in- inside uh, source doctor over here. All right, cool, man. How you doing? Good, man. Do I follow you on Twitter yet? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, possibly. I-, I know with uh, you know the connections on the you know the coach's fantasy that I may have found you on there. If not, I'll make sure to change that after this podcast. Absolutely. What's your last name? Sims. Right now, the second. Like the TV, but I think I think I'm already have you on there. Well, I don't. Your name doesn't look familiar, man. 
Alex Simpson. Okay. We're doing this live. We're making live uh, action. Uh, we're making friends on here, guys. That's what we do. We make friends. He's a hot ad, though. Alex right, to the Simpson. Yep, number two. We'll find each other afterwards. Uh, uh, right. But, uh, Mr. Student Doc, why don't you let Sorry. the listeners know where they can find you at to start off before you get into it? Yeah. Follow me at FFStudentDoc on Twitter for a central hub of all the stuff that I put out. It's the best way to find me. Yeah, he keeps us uh, up to date with all the injuries that are out there. So and that's why we kind of brought him on today. We kind of have him talk over the Barkley situation. You know, looks like Barkley's making the most speediest recovery ever in the world, apparently. And we'll let you just get right into it, Edwin. Yeah, so the thing about Barkley is I think that he is making a pretty quick recovery. It's not so much that he's superhuman or anything like that uh, because you know he is jumping and cutting and dancing and you know the whole deal and it looks good don't get me wrong I'm never going to be upset that a player looks like that after an injury that's my job is help people get better from injuries but I think we sort of need to pump the brakes a little bit Um, I'll concede that he's coming along a lot faster than I initially thought just because the the Giants put out when this injury first happened, that he was going to get a second opinion. I don't know what that was about. He went and saw a surgeon, which made me think, like, holy crap, is this a grade three? Like, does he need surgery? I didn't know what was going on. And then some reports were surfacing that it was going to be on the eight-week eight week side of things. This is why, you know, people like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport are great, and I'll never say anything negative about those dudes because they, they put out a lot of good content. They put out a lot of good reports, and they do their, they're really good at their job. But sometimes the medical stuff gets a little misconstrued just because, you know, they're sort of dealing – this is sort of like second or third hand almost by the time that the information gets to us, which makes it more difficult to sort of decipher because of – you know, like I said, two weeks ago, I would have thought that he had a grade three injury and needed surgery and was going to be done for the rest of the year. But obviously that's not the case. You know, obviously it probably wasn't that severe to begin with, which makes me wonder why he had, you know, this second opinion. But as of now, it looks like he's getting better. The average return to sport for these days, like I've, I think I've said before on this podcast, is between 32 and 52 days. So if you do the math, that's like uh, four to seven or eight weeks or so. The thing about the average is obviously there are going to be people who, people who drive the average up and people who drive that average down. Obviously, Barkley's a dude that's going to drive that down. He's just genetically gifted that way. But if he plays on Thursday against the Patriots, that's going to be 18 days since he turned his ankle. Since he didn't turn his ankle, that's not what he did. He hurt his ankle. He had that high ankle sprain. That is a lot. The very, very... That's like two weeks. What is that? I can't do math in my head. 18 days versus 32 days. Yeah, that's like two and a half weeks. weeks. Yeah, faster than the average. So the thing about Barkley is if he plays on Thursday night, that's going to be 18 days removed from the uh, from the average of the 32 days, the low end of the, of the average, right? So we have the range from 32 to 52 days. And if he comes back, like I said, that's going to be two weeks, you know, two weeks well before – you would expect a player to come back. And, and not that he obvi- he's obviously shown that he, he has the potential to come back quickly. But they projected, I just saw today that, you know, they didn't practice, obviously. They played yesterday and then they play on Thursday. But the, essentially the projection, projection came out that he would still be limited today if he did play. So that's just a quick turnaround. Uh, I, don't, I don't expect Barkley to play on Thursday, but obviously I've been wrong before. Uh, he, because I would still say, like, if, <laughs> if I could talk to the dude, I'd be like, dude, you proved your point because I think, you know, I think he'll be back by week seven. 
and at that point he'll still be like four days ahead of the of the low end of the projection. So that those are my thoughts on Barkley. Sorry, I just sort of sort of thought thought vomited. No, no, you're quite okay. And um, again, I personally, if I, if I have him, I'm probably going to start him unless there's a better matchup. It's hard to find great starting running backs, but I mean he's going to be limited. So uh, proceed with caution if you're going to start him. But I'm probably I would probably start him if I didn't have a better option at my running back position. So. Right, right. If he's active, you're, you're, like you said, you're probably going to start him. But I would avoid him in like the single game DFS slates. I would, I wouldn't necessarily be excited to start him. Uh, and I would definitely expect if he starts on Thursday, there is some potential for him to re-injure at that point. I think it's just a smarter move for the Giants to just save him and not start him anyway, even if he somehow magically, you know, practices in full sometime between now and Thursday. That's just. Sort of where my what my thought process is, but yeah, if you have him, obviously you're probably going to start him. Absolutely, and we'll let you get into one more guy you want to talk about. Anyone you want? I think the dude that um, sort of has been not forgotten about, but we haven't really talked about him, and people probably noticed it, or at least I did yesterday, was Tyree Kill. He's been gone for gosh, what is this going on? This is going to be week five, or I believe he just you know, went past week five, but he's going to practice this week, just like he he sort of practiced in a limited fashion last week. He's probably going to start taking some contact on, and he has a chance to play here in, in week six. So that's something to keep on the radar. Um, If it's, you know, if he does play, he's one of those dudes that obviously you, you put him in. And even if he gets hurt in the second quarter, if he, caught a 60-yard bomb for you, it was sort of worth it. So that's somebody to consider. His injury was traumatic, which means, you know, like I said, that he's going to have to take contact first, see how he responds, see how it feels, and slowly progress him that way. I'm not 100% certain that he'll play this week, but if he doesn't, I think he'll be ready to go by week seven. Oh, you could all use him back, I'm sure. I know my my fellow co-host here, Jibs, has him on a couple teams. He definitely, definitely could use some Tyree Kill back on his team. Yeah, so the la- and then the last dude I'll talk about here is just Devontae Adams. I expect him to be back. This is just another situation where I feel like the team was was being secretive with their communication, and uh, it just none of it really made sense to me at the time when they reported that it was a, a minor injury, but he had ten days off and still didn't play. Then they reported a week before he played that he was going to be out. So I think he'll definitely I think he'll be back um, for week seven, so you can fire him up. Definitely, definitely, and we do appreciate you always coming on and giving us this great injury to updates because we we need them. Absolutely, I'm always here for it. Yeah, we appreciate that. Um, and we're gonna cut our next segment kind of short. Instead of us kind of going into detail, we're just kind of gonna state what we'd have is our buys and buy uh buy lows and sell highs. So Alex, we're just gonna kind of state now what our buy low and sell high player is, and then kind of just leave it at that for now, just because we are getting short on time. So. Yeah, my buy low is going to be um, Aaron Jones. Um, I'm sorry, not Aaron Jones. My buy low is going to be David Montgomery. He, um, sorry for the mishap there, but yeah, David Montgomery is going to be my buy low. He's you know getting a lot of work in the Chicago offense, and um, you know whenever Trubisky comes back, not going to be much of a difference from Chase Daniel. So I think he uh, gets a little more more efficiency going. Absolutely, no, that's uh, great. What about you, Jibs? Who's your buy low? Sorry to laugh at you, Alex. I just saw Baker Mayfield just throw a complete dud of interception. So Great. that was why I was laughing. And then uh, it's going to be uh, after watching this 
game. It's gonna be Matt Breida. He just ripped off an 83 yard touchdown on like the first play. It looked like of the oh, game. Man. But another one would be Will Fuller. I just don't think the production will be sustainable. You see the 50 point game, sell for whatever you could get to upgrade that. Absolutely. And I'm just gonna do both of mine real quick. Um, my sell high is David Johnson. He's got the 27th hardest schedule for running backs coming up. He plays San Francisco two times. He's definitely a sell high for me right now. If you could get him for a better option, maybe a two for one or something like that. And my buy low candidate is actually George Kittle. As long as he doesn't perform that well this week, he's definitely he's ranked 18th among wide receivers, but he leads the team in every category basically. And he has got the sickest, easiest schedule for tight ends coming up. And I'm picking up everywhere I can. Maybe trading McMark Andrews or Evan Ingram for him might get the job done. So he's definitely a spy low for me right now. And then, did you guys have your sell highs or buy lows? I don't even know which ones they are. <laughs> buy lows. Buy lows. All right, buy lows. Well, mine would be... <laughs> you go ahead, Alex. Sorry. So, I actually did my buy low first, which is David Montgomery, so my battle on that one. Um, my original sell high was Will Fuller, but I'm going to go with Aaron Jones on this one. You know, I mean, you, you're talking about a, you know, an offense that has wanted to use multiple running backs since day one. And uh, with Jamal Williams out, they still saw some Trey Carson in that matchup. And, you know, Aaron Jones had a good game, but four touchdowns can be hard to replicate, and a lot of people will probably buy high. So, sell high. Get what you can for Aaron Jones. No, love the take. And what about you, Jibs? My buy those would be just the wide receivers that we picked in the first and second round. Basically, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Adams, if the owner is still panicking and just wants to get him off his team. So, basically, yes. those guys. Yeah, definitely definitely great by low candidates um but that is our show for today guys we do appreciate you getting on we got a lot of information in and under you know 45 minutes here so uh we want to thank you guys for listening today please again follow our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com all of our great contact is please follow our twitter account at coaches fantasy please follow me at coach Stephen p jibs let them know where they can follow you at hot take honcho hot take honcho and alex let everyone know where they can follow you at as well Alex to the Simpson. Alex number two, the Simpson. Yeah, and we do appreciate you coming on today. We did enjoy having you on. We'll definitely get you back on in the future. So, all right, thank you for having me. Absolutely, and uh, thank you all for uh, listening tonight. And you, you guys have hopefully you guys win your week five games, and we'll we'll see you see you on Thursday morning or Thursday night. Sorry, mate.